0: Welcome to the Tourette Ottawa podcast, TikTok. My name is Jimmy. I'm here with Brandon, the other host of the show, and you're going to sit here and follow us as we discuss everything Tourette syndrome and Tourette related. Neither of us know how to say the name properly, but we're just going to go with Tourette's syndrome for now. Hello, Brandon.
1: Hey, Jimmy. How you doing?
0: Pretty good. This is ex- it's been a good. It's been a good day. This
1: is exciting, yeah. Episode one. So
0: Episode one.
1: Stick with us, everyone. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is a, uh, a brand new podcast, and the, the reason that we started, that we had the idea to start the podcast, something like this, is because Tourette Syndrome is pretty heavily stigmatized and not talked about very much.
1: And when it is talked about, I feel like it's talked about in a negative way, or um, it's used to as an insult almost. Right. Right. I
0: actually wanted to. I wrote something down. I didn't tell you about this, but I want to share it before uh, before we continue. It's a little blurb on Tourette. So bear with it. You ready? Ready. All right. Tourette syndrome is an unfortunate, strenuous, taxing and humiliating syndrome that I wouldn't wish on anyone. But Tourette's syndrome is also beautiful. It's a gift in a lot of ways. Tourette's syndrome is a teacher. Tourette's syndrome can be a joy. Tourette's syndrome can be full of laughter. Tourette's syndrome provides a filter for when I'm in an uncomfortable situation. Tourette's syndrome is an icebreaker in a difficult conversation. Tourette syndrome is a grossly misunderstood and heavily stigmatized syndrome with a reputation that needs to be furiously put to rest. People with Tourette syndrome are people of character. They're individuals who are strong and resilient. People with Tourette syndrome are not victims nor burdens and a testament to the human condition and perseverance. They're a treasure.
1: That's awesome. That's um. That's uh. We could we could even dissect that if you want, and get into get into it a little bit about why you wrote. Well, I wrote it.
0: I wrote it. I wrote it because it. It's a freaking teacher, man. It's a teacher. It's.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, it's a teacher, in definitely patience. For sure, and patience. Yeah, and patience for um, for the individual with it, and everybody around them. Yeah, I I think it's definitely and and you're right about it being being funny. Sometimes, you know, we can laugh about it. I know that my my wife and I, um, we laugh about it quite often when when I'm doing some tics that I can't, you know, I can't control or they're at an awkward time. Yeah, it it can be funny if it's uh, approached properly.
0: And it has that side to it the bad sides to it, too. I wrote unfortunate strenuous taxing. It's so physically taxing, it's mentally taxing. And it's both of those things on the people that the individuals around too. Right?
1: Absolutely. And even uh, maybe for people who, uh, you know, our loved ones know about it, but people that we just meet, or maybe colleagues don't know about it. And it might be difficult for them uh, to approach it, they don't know how they're supposed to respond. During uh, you know a, a, a tick outbreak or something like that, they might not know what to say, and then yeah. that's where the icebreaker part comes in that you mentioned. Because then, you know, I take it upon myself to make a joke or to lighten the mood at least by acknowledging what's going on.
0: One hundred percent, one hundred percent. It uh, it's actually saved me in a lot of interviews. <laughs> Tourette's has <laughs> it saved me in a lot of interviews. I can think of one just last year for the job that I'm currently in. And uh, the interview was started off very awkward. And I just took the opportunity to say, hey, I'm not really nervous, even though I was nervous. (laughs) I I'm not really nervous. I just have Tourette's. And uh, I dove into that and they liked it. I liked liked feeling, it feels empowering when Mm -hmm. you talk about it.
1: That's what I found too. Uh, You know, uh, we'll go into our stories, individual stories later on. Um, But yeah, I found that, once you can, once you can just, just say it, then it almost feels like the burden of everything, uh, it yeah. just goes away because you can just freely tick, and you know, that no one's judging or maybe they yeah. are, but they don't say anything. <laughs> maybe they or
0: most of the time. I think it's just curiosity. Yeah. It's like, I've been asked by kids before, very simply, why do you do that? And like, you know, a three or maybe not three, four or five year old kid my, my niece even, you know, she says, Uncle Jimmy, why do you blink your eyes like that? Yeah. And when a kid asks it, you can tell it's genuine. They're not maliciously saying it like maybe I would have perceived it 10 years ago when I was a teenager. They're just asking. They're just curious. And adults are the same. They're like, I don't know who this guy is or why he's twitching like that. Is he is he high right. or or whatever right. and the best thing you can do is just throw it out there man
1: well i mean when i was when i was a kid and i didn't even know that i had it i didn't know why i was doing the things that all of the kids were asking me why i was doing it right and yeah. that was an uncomfortable yeah. that was an uncomfortable uh, situation because i didn't know why right
0: well, we can get into that. Sure, let's go. Let's go into your story a little My bit. My story, okay. Yeah. All right. When did you get diagnosed?
1: I was. Oh, well, I wasn't <laughs> diagnosed until I was in university, uh, oh, wow. second year university. Um, well, then I guess we got to start further back. So we'll start from. I mean, from the beginning, right? I, like I said, I just remember, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of blinking, uh, wincing, ticks. Yeah. And uh, and I and I would do things. You know, I I remember playing video games uh playing nintendo with my brother and i would do these weird like i would touch my face a lot to d- do all these things right. always and yeah. my, my sisters and my brother they would all make fun of me and they would imitate me and do it because and, and i just thought it was something i did it,
0: uh, and did you lose in the video game because of that
1: oh there were times yeah like you know i'm <laughs> doing this and then i i die you know a mario falls down the thing oh but, that's the yeah, worst but uh <laughs> And then, and then my eyes, right. I started, I started a a blinking tick, pretty aggressive one. And, um, kids at school started asking me about it and I felt like I was getting teased about it. So I approached my parents and, uh, my mom. So how old were you at this point? I would have been in, I would have been in grade three, I think. Yeah. And so then I just, I went to, um, to a bunch of doctors for allergies, right? My mom, my Mm -hmm. mom thought it was allergy related and the, you know, and that's basically what I was told after that for the, for all of my life up until university. Right. So when I, you know, I knew, I knew that I did all of these things that definitely weren't allergies. You know, I don't think allergies make you crank your neck, you know, when you're (laughs) walking down the street. Some allergy. Right. And so, uh, in second year university, Uh, It was exam time coming up and very stressed. I was very stressed. I couldn't sleep because my tics were just going crazy at nighttime, right? When I was trying to sleep. So you
0: flash forwarded all the way to second year. Yeah. What was your high school like with threats. I mean,
1: um, it was a lot of, you know, suppression. I I, I would just try to hide my tics. No one really, um, no one really knew about it because I hid it pretty well um, if I had to. You were able to hide it. I was, I was able to, I guess the ticks that I kind of developed uh, because I was trying to hide it were more um, muscle uh, ticks, you know, in my mm-hmm. te- flexing different muscles in my back and mm-hmm. my arms and stuff like that rather than yeah. th- than in my face so much. Um, and if yeah. I was, I, you know, you could hide it, put your face down, whatever you had to do. Yeah.
0: Go to the washroom.
1: Yeah, it was, it was, um, and, and because I thought it was, well, first of all, I just thought that's normal, right? Because that's just how I've always been. So it wasn't something that I was concerned about. And then, um, I guess I thought it was allergies. So I I had a reason when people asked, I would say allergies, right? right? That was kind of my, my scapegoat. But when it started to become so overwhelming, in university with the stress and, and I guess not having, you know, being pulled away from my support system, I moved about six hours away. So my family wasn't around, right? It was all new people. So
0: you said support system. Did you have a good support system? Well,
1: I had my, I mean, I had a, a good family. I mean, it wasn't, they didn't support the Tourette's necessarily because no one, we didn't know about it, but yeah, just, you know, my mom, my anxiety and, and stuff like that. My mom was there to support. Because that was that Great. was one thing going through um, my childhood, like really severe anxiety. And I didn't know why. Yeah. You know, we just, just thought it was anxiety. So I was I went to the doctor <laughs> on campus on, at Carleton and uh, and then she referred me to uh, to. A, I'm a little
0: bit like you went. You must have had doctor visits between grade three and mm-hmm. university. I, Other than the allergy
1: appointment. I, I had doctor visits, yeah. Um and what did they say? No, we didn't talk about that. Actually, I'll, I'll get to that um, in a bit because sure. that's part of the story too. So um, <laughs> I went to the doctor at Carlton. Uh, you know, I was referred to somebody else and then diagnosed. From there, yeah. I was um, actually prescribed pills.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, that I didn't really like to take. I don't, Do you remember what pills they were? I don't. I, I I only remember that it was it was a type of blood thinner, that they that they gave me. Yeah. Um. So
0: blood is too thick. Yeah. That's why you're twitching so much. <laughs> yeah.
1: Right. So <laughs> trying to move the blood around. I mean, when I got that diagnosis, uh, I remember the day. <laughs> I remember the feeling. I was instantly just uh, in denial. Right. It's hard to just change your whole identity like that and and accept right. something like that. So yeah. I basically uh, threw the diagnosis in the trash and said, whatever, like I've made it this far, I'll just tough it out. Um, right. But it, that didn't work, obviously. You can't just, you can't just do that. So um, Tough it out. Yeah. So I did go to my family <laughs> doctor that summer break, and uh, the doctor said that uh, nothing was wrong with me. He's not going to prescribe any more pills. It's, it's, he's just said, don't, it's, it's nothing. You know, that's not, that's a mixed, misdiagnosis. He said, why?
0: This is your family doctor?
1: Yeah. He said, he, he's an old guy, right? But he said, why do you think, why mm. do you think you have Tourette's? And I said, well, it, you know, the doctors told me that. And I went through a diagnosis, pro- diagnosis process. And
0: uh, <laughs> can we come back to that after too, yeah, for sure. your diagnosis for, process? for sure.
1: Uh, and yeah, and then the doctor just said, um, no, that's, it's wrong. You know, you're fine. I've known you your whole life. You're fine. So, uh, again, I just said, okay, well, that's a better outcome than what the last guy said. So I'll go with that. <laughs> I'm cured. Yeah. And, um, so basically I just kept going the way that I was going, you know, my grades were not as high as I knew that I could get them because I s- struggled at exam times, you know, I never got accommodations or, anything like that. I just went through, um, and I graduated and I went to college and the same thing. I graduated, I started working and everything was fine. Um, until I just, I started struggling with it again, uh, maybe two years ago. And that's when I, uh, reached out to my psychologist and he just happened to be a specialist and in in Tourette's and so we got to really we got to really dig into it and it was the first time that I ever uh was you know validated like in my thoughts that I had it and also it was the first time I ever received treatment for it right and you know and strategies coping mechanisms to deal with this and it changed my life right doing that and all it was was one phone call you know one one meeting with my doctor and and it changed everything uh
0: what did that meeting look like
1: he asked question you know basically the same thing that we're talking about right now i told him my background with it i told him what ticks specifically i was experiencing and different um you know different feelings i was having and then he said well let's get into some you know some strategies some breathing techniques he offered you know he said we could do um, we could do medication or we could do, um, different techniques and I wanted those. I don't want medication. So yeah. we started to, we started to just go through these and practice and every, er, you know, every week when I would see him, we would practice and, and I would go home and practice and it, it just changed everything. So from there, I wanted to help because I think that, uh, you know, being, I guess, uh, able to manage it now and feeling like I'm pretty functional with my Tourette's. Like it doesn't, it's not debilitating where I can't, right. I can't have a job or I can, you know, I, I can, I, yeah. I can be, uh, I'm, it's, I'm pretty functional. And I thought,
0: so would you say it was debilitating at the time that you reached out to your psychologist?
1: It it was debil- It was debilitating just in that I knew that, uh, my life could be better. Like I, yeah. I, I didn't know why I, I was getting, I was sh- 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 like keeping it inside from everybody yeah. that I knew. And I just felt that it was a, uh, you know, heavy on my shoulders. It was like, this doesn't have to be this way. There's no way it has to be right. this way. And, right. uh, and I was right. So, um, I felt that's when I felt that I, you know, I could do something to help. And so I reached out to, uh, to the Ottawa chapter and I you know, and I was lucky enough to to uh to become a member and then actually uh now the vice president of the chapter and right. that all happened very quickly so now like with this podcast and and what we do with the chapter it's a it's a really good feeling that I can use this to help other kids specifically kids because yeah I know that how hard it can be to just be alone with it yeah and how much different my life as a young adult and how much different yeah. my life could have, could have been if I had have just known and dealt with it early on. You know, I don't regret anything. I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm, su- you know, I'm successful. Everything's great. But yeah. if somebody has to, uh, struggle with that on their own, uh, yeah. it, it's not fair. So.
0: I think the goal is like probably to reach, reach people earlier and earlier. Right. Or reach parent parents mm-hmm. that are struggling and have kids that are waiting like when you were in grade three like your your mom at that time if she found this resource right found a, you know a podcast or the information the guests we hope to bring on um in our stories yours is really great uh by the way about you really had to find your own way
1: yeah and it wasn't easy i mean because again not even knowing about it for most of my life made it just you know this is me this is how you know this is what i do and this is how my life is and this is what it's always going to be
0: right so I, I wrote a couple of notes while you were talking one um the diagnosis process what did that look like for you
1: for me it was uh well i went into the to the the initial yeah so i went into the first uh just the gp uh on campus, and, Uh, I told her what I was experiencing and what was going on and she said you know I have a feeling that this might be uh, Tourette's so I'm going to refer you to a specialist and uh, so then she referred me to a specialist and basically with that doctor I just um, I went through a checklist right she just had a checklist and she said "Um, do you do this yes how often you know one to three times a day one, you know and you just go through this checklist and i actually i did re- i re- i got my medical records from okay. from the doctor because i wanted to see cuz this was i guess um in 2000 and 2010 maybe like so a while ago yeah and yeah. and i so i actually have that checklist so i can actually next next podcast maybe i can i can get that yeah. and we can go through it because that would be great. It, it's interesting for sure. Some of them they consider more severe. Um, and, and then right on the notes, right <laughs> on the notes, it's just, it's written, you know, Tourette's exclamation mark yeah. circle. Like it was, that was it. <laughs> really? and then, uh, yeah. And that was it.
0: <laughs> bada bing, bada boom. Yeah, you have Tourette's. He is that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's funny. You said one to three times a day. Mm. You would have had to cross that out and write like 500 times a day. Yeah, I
1: know. I know. <laughs> Uh, but that, i mean even with that process there were things that uh that i was asked that i didn't even think had anything to do with my tourettes right like what uh well i guess you know biting the inside of my cheek or something i just thought mm-hmm. that was something i did or you know whis- whistling yeah. i thought i just like to whistle right like it was just mm-hmm. i just like to whistle but then when it turned out that I I actually can't not whistle and then I, and I didn't yeah. realize that it's, yeah. you know, it's, I guess a problem, but, um, different things, you know, throat clearing, um, snapping my fingers, yeah. these things I didn't realize were even associated with Tourette's. So yeah. when she went through that list, it really opened my eyes to how serious, or I guess not, I guess how severe my case was. I thought it was maybe, you know, a couple nose twitches and, uh, you know, and yeah. a jaw thing, but yeah, it turned out it, it's way more, it's way deeper than that.
0: Yeah. So more on your psychologist, um, treatment. What did, what did that look like?
1: It's, um, just breathing exercises, right? Like most, okay. mostly it's just, he, we just went through the techniques of certain, you know, deep breathing techniques. Uh, because I, I find that with my Tourette's, um, it's, it's all just, it's all, um, based on how stressed I am in a certain yeah. situation. Right. So if yep. I can, you know, make take the deep breaths and, and calm down the situation then my te- te, uh, tics uh, ticks seem to resolve for that yeah. moment anyway. So, you know, he also said there's no shame in hiding in a closet and doing your tics if that's what you want to do. And there's no shame <laughs> in telling going into a meeting room with, with your colleagues and, and before the meeting starts, say, by the way, I'm going to be doing these things yeah. and this is why. And, and then, then let's move on. He, so there's, yeah. you know, it's, it, I guess it's just being comfortable with it and having different, uh, techniques if you need to use them, right. Different things that you yeah. can do. So, so you use those techniques still? I do. Yeah. All the time. I do the breathing yeah. all the time. And almost even preemptively, if I know that I'm about to enter a stressful situation, I'll try to do those just to hmm. just to, like, cut it out before I even start. It's hmm. pretty interesting. Um, so, I mean, we can through these episodes, we're going to definitely uh, touch back on on our stories. Right. And bring up bring up different situations we were in. But let's, oh, yeah, let's get sure. let's get your story. Um, on the books sure. and then we yeah, can, uh, we can talk about that.
0: For sure. Uh, so I got diagnosed with threats in 2006. Um, so actually, I'm beating you in that department. <laughs> yeah. I've had it for longer. Technically, no one's keeping score. Yeah. Um, so yeah, 2006, I was 10 I was 10 years old. Uh, 10 or 11. So what what grade is that? Grade 3-ish as well? Grade 4?
1: Yeah, sure. I don't know. Maybe that's, yeah, that might be more like a, yeah, grade 4 or something.
0: Yeah, grade 4, grade 5. Anyway, I started noticing my ticks when I was in grade 3, just the same as you, actually. And what were um, they
1: that you were noticing?
0: Uh, so I didn't notice any of them until they started to get major. Apparently, my parents noticed them a little bit. Uh, but I didn't notice th- anything until I had this take where I went like this. Yeah. I stretched my neck as high as it could possibly go Right. over and over and over again. And it, it got, it really got bad to the point where like I was straining my neck muscles and like pulling things and
1: hurting yourself. It was,
0: yeah, yeah, hurting myself with it. And um, so initially my parents thought that it might've been like a, an anxiety thing, or like a, a social circle thing, which I think is very common. Um, that you're you're looking for things to to blame, right? Like, yeah. Nothing's wrong. It's an external factor. Allergies. Um, allergies, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Allergies. My my parents, and absolutely no fault to them because they were ever supportive once I got my diagnosis. But um, they they didn't know, right? And and nobody knew, and that my doc my family doctor didn't know. Uh, but fortunately my mom fought like hell for me to get a diagnosis. So grade three, grade four, um, I was my ticks were escalating. I was doing that tick. I was doing a tick where I would stand up and uh I'd be walking and all of a sudden I would shoot my leg out my, shoot my leg out, out of nowhere. That actually cost me a couple penalties in <laughs> hockey too. Yeah. But um <laughs> but uh so i'd be walking i remember distinctively on halloween one one year i was walking and i did this tick and i smushed my whole bag of candy and i fell over and like i was super embarrassed and then i asked i like i asked my mom i was like why do i keep doing this i don't know how to stop it and when you're anxious like that it just gets worse and worse right yeah it's Um, it's definitely a cycle like that yeah like you said it gets worse with stress and, and, and then
1: when you do it, you get more stressed, and then it, it's yeah. you get more
0: stress and yeah. it's this freaking loop, exactly. So, yeah, that would have been grade four, grade five, which is right around the time I was diagnosed. So I'll dive into that. My mom, she took me to my doctor, and and she was doing a lot of research on this. And uh, my dad was pretty busy working, but he was supporting me when he could. And uh, eventually, we got to a specialist. um, and I went through a whole thing of that. Di- At first he, he said he had his suspicions. We didn't really tell my mom and I, in fact, the only memory I have of this man, but well, he was very kind. He retired a few years after uh, he diagnosed me. But the only memory I have is like, you know, when they do that reflex, mm-hmm. that reflex thing for your knees, he couldn't get my knees. And that's the only, that's the only memory I have of this guy. But anyway, so we, um, we went to the hospital the only part of my body apparently, that doesn't twitch is my knees. <laughs> um, <laughs> we went we went to the hospital, the Chio for weeks and weeks. Um, I saw a doctor there. But I, I saw a panel of specialists. And I was doing, like, aptitude tests. I was doing, like, things like pretty complicated things, to be honest with you, like puzzles mm. and, like, deductive reasoning wow. and and math and thinking on my feet. And they were, like, when you see this color you know, say right when you see this color say left and I'd be like looking at thing to thing and it was like these rather complex tests I think they were testing me for something more severe perhaps or maybe ruling out things right
1: just get grabbing <laughs> everything in one and making sure yeah
0: right and so it was several days of like nine to five testing very stressful and uh, I came out of that and then we had a follow up appointment with my specialist and and he, he told my mom that he asked me to leave the room and he told my mom that I I had Tourette's and then they brought me in and told me, and to be honest, not, none of us knew what it was, my mom included. We all thought, we, we all thought I was going to die or something. we were all like, like, this is like end of the world level diagnosis. I remember crying. And the only way that my mom could get me to calm down was like McDonald's right. after that. And like, it was just, you know, it was shocking. And of course, um you're like you you feel like a you know a bit of a victim at the time absolutely um so that was yeah that put me that puts me at you know 10 or 11 so it's probably like grade five or grade six so the next few years i only told my best friend at the time i only told my best friend his name was ed ed and i knew about my threats my family knew about my threats they were very supportive um but they put me on medication. Uh, they put me on a bunch of different medications. There was only like two or three medications for Tourette's and anxiety at any given time. Oh, wow. Okay. From the ages of like ten to sixteen.
1: Did the medications help much?
0: It seemed like they would have a temporary benefit, um, but then I started sleeping way too much so they they would basically knock me out
1: that's what i found with mine too
0: i would sleep like 14 hours a day
1: yeah the side effects were almost worse than the ticks
0: they were worse and i i didn't know i i thought i had to take medication Mm -hmm. right and so did my family we we didn't know i didn't think i had a choice um if i had to do it again uh this is obviously just my opinion but if i had to do it again i would definitely not take the medication (laughs) i was a i was a a zombie like i was so tired all the time and you know there's a lot of gaps in my learning that i've had to recover as an adult because of the time that i missed at school i missed a lot of time at school uh i was some of the side effects of depression right and i was very much depressed when i was younger Mm -hmm. um during that time anyway so 10 11 12 all the way up to 16 um that was for sure i think most people with threats go through this i socially it was not a good situation because kids around me didn't know what it was and i wasn't comfortable enough in my own skin to tell them what it was and that just makes everything worse like we've talked about right so i have lots of memories of bullying and and lots of great memories too I played sports all growing up and that was one thing that really helped. Yeah, I found that. Um so. just activity in general. And so then then it came to this point in my life. Actually, I, I remember writing at that time that I got diagnosed, I wrote into Tourette Ottawa chapter. Uh I think it was the Ottawa Citizen or something, had a competition or a drawing competition. I'll I'll bring it to our next podcast as okay. well. Um, uh, very, very rudimentary <laughs> anyway, stick figure level oh, and, man. um, and, um, the, the picture was a picture of, uh, a piece, a piece of paper split in two. one side was rain and one side was the sun and I was in the middle and it described pretty well how I felt at the time. It was like, I felt like a normal kid. Everything was, you know, I loved everything everyone else loved. I was doing okay in school. But then I had this side that
1: shit. Basically, sorry. Now you got me doing that. one.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. See, there you uh, go. I catch it. I catch it too. Sorry. Um, no worries. Uh, yeah. So there, it just captured the, the two sides of, of Tourette's. Oh, I think,
1: I mean, as, as, as basic as you described that picture to be, it seems like it's actually pretty deep. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's pretty thoughtful.
0: It was insightful mm. for sure for me at the time too. And, um, um Jill actually later gave that back to me. Awesome. A, two years ago, I think. That's very cool. So 12 years later. Um, and anyway, so things got really bad for me in high school. I started, I dropped out of, in grade 10, I dropped out of high school, oh, wow. um, for pretty much a year uh that was due to Tourette's and and I missed so much school at the time I missed like 200 days of, of which is like basically the whole school year um and they basically said like you know we're not gonna fail him but he kind of you should consider going to an alternate program which by the way turned out to be an amazing thing for me okay um but when I turned when I turned 17 I had a pretty pivotal moment. A pretty pretty life-changing moment with my Tourette's I guess it was probably testosterone starts flowing into you and and you, bec- you feel like you've got to become a little bit more of a man and um, and I just felt this urge to just not care what people thought about my Tourette's I still didn't tell anybody about my Tourette's at this point um, and so what happened is I started I started exercising And I started realizing there's things that I can do proactively. Like I would research Tourette's and go on forums and things like that. And there's things that I can do kind of like how you were talking about with the breathing, I would do some breathing exercises, some really deep breathing exercises, I would work out and do physical activity. I would eat better. And those things initially got me a lot more confidence and they got me granted me the ability to talk about it with people. And ever since then, I tell everybody about my Tourettes I, I tell everybody even if they don't ask I like I'm just trying I try and tell everybody because it's for so long it was a plague in my life right it was like this this cloud I'm sure you can yeah. can relate to how that yeah, feels
1: absolutely.
0: it was it was a cloud and I didn't know what to do with it and so my way of of combating it was preemptively basically getting it out of the way with people in my social interactions and saying, I have Tourette's. It is what it is. I, I sniffle, I make a lot of funny faces and noises and I, I can't do anything about it. I'm not, I'm perfectly, everything's good to go. I'm normal. It's just, I have these things and it is what it is and just kind of say it like it is. It's, it's really, it doesn't impact me negatively whatsoever other than, you know, I don't know. It just, it doesn't impact me negatively anymore.
1: Actually, the only thing about um, it, really, that um, impacts negatively is the stigma, because the it's stigma. about you know being scared to show people, and that causes the anxiety and the stress, and that's the problem. <laughs> it seems like that's the problem, not the ticks. It is the problem. Ticks aren't the problem. No, no. It's the no. It's the you know people that are uninformed, or yeah, uh, certain. Uh, you know, TV and movies that, you know, make this, they romanticize it to be this thing where you're yelling, you're swearing at everybody that you see on the street. Yeah.
0: And that, that is some people with threats, Absolutely. right? Some people with threats actually have that. And it's important to, for us to acknowledge that, but it's also important for people, people only see that side. Exactly.
1: Yeah, the right? most extreme, and I, I think I mean I don't have the statistics on it, but I think it is a very small percentage, um, and I'm sure that alia I, I think and I'm that's sure cult. that when um, when we have Jill on the podcast, she'll she'll have all of those drop some science. She'll on She'll have all that data for us, and she can yeah. explain that. But I mean, yeah, it's uh, so um, you were talking about you know you you reached this pivotal moment when you were 17, and things just started to change around based on how you, uh, I guess, thought about it and how you right. acted on it. And yeah. I think that um, that moment for me, I mean, that's why I, I think we're doing this podcast, right? Is to be, uh, to shed some light on it and to have an impact and to talk about it, all of these things. I'm proud now to talk to people about yeah. it because of the, th- the work that we're doing with the chapter Yeah, And I, and this podcast is very exciting because I think that this is, uh, the first step, this episode is the first step in us reaching a lot of people and potentially helping a lot of people, people that don't know they have it, people that have it, parents, you know, they can hear us talk about this and our experiences and then they can, you know, they can relate to us and I think that we'll be able to really, uh, Yeah, I think we'll just have an impact on people, even if they don't agree with everything we're saying. uh, I think they'll at least be interested in what we're saying.
0: So you called it uh, a moment and you said that moment is the reason why, why we're here. And I think one thing that we are doing by doing this podcast and by talking about it is encouraging those, those moments. And I think those moments, what they are is you're stepping into your own shoes and you're kind of like, you're taking the wheel. You know what I mean? You're, you're saying, okay, I have this. It is me. I am it. Um, it doesn't define me, but it's a big part of me and it's not going to get in my way anymore.
1: That's right. It's empowerment it's empowerment that's the point and because yeah like we were saying the ticks i mean we're 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 only speaking from our perspective right and our right. our experience with it and yep. i think it is important to note that right we're not specialists we're not experts we're just no. two guys that struggled with tourettes and tell you what
0: we're experts in experience that's right. though.
1: right yeah that's right
0: um i've, I've got a lot of ticks under my <laughs> belt <laughs>
1: Right. Um, but I mean, when I say things like that, uh, you know, it's, it's the ticks aren't the problem. The stigma is maybe for some people, uh, they experience it different and the ticks are, are a huge problem. Like when you were saying that, you, totally. you know, you would injure yourself and I do too. I yeah. bite my fingernails until they bleed and I can't stop. Right. And these are, those things are problems. And,
0: and those are definitely problems, but they're not the problem. Right. The problem is that people don't, Not it's not even people. The problem is that people with Tourette's, people without Tourette's, there are people with Tourette's that add to the stigma because they don't talk about it. Right. By, by not talking about it, you're not doing anybody any favors. You have to be open with it. You can't expect people to understand it if you don't talk about it.
1: Right. And I think that uh, that's actually, uh, thanks for telling your story, by the way. That was uh, yeah, yeah. That was a very uh, touching story. I that like that's rough. You know what I mean. You went through pretty rough times with it in your childhood.
0: Yeah, right? and I now think, you're... I think most people with Tourette's have a battle mm-hmm. with in their childhood, right?
1: Yeah, an identity battle. Uh, <laughs> you know, a battle with ticks, a battle with bullying, all sorts of things. Yeah, but I think that this is a good time. Then maybe if you want to. um, you know, change the angle a little bit and let's try to describe what it is to have Tourette's. Right. (laughs) Like let's, let's make it a little bit lighter here and, Mm -hmm. um, and we can get into the fun stuff. The, the ticks. Sure. Yeah.
0: Okay. What do you want to know?
1: Uh, Well, I want to know what, what (laughs) your, um, what your favorite tick is.
0: Well, my favorite tick is
1: the one. And and by favorite, I I mean, maybe the one that uh, maybe you've had the longest you have. You know, I feel like I have like almost a relationship with some of my ticks. Like they're just the ones, right, that stay. He's back again. Um, But also, you know, the one that's the most relieving, like the the one that you just love to do the feeling of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which is hilarious to even say, by the way because I've never even acknowledged that like, it's a great feeling sometimes when you can just I, I haven't, I haven't held in my ticks for years. But when I stopped holding all of my ticks in. It's like a huge relief. You know what I mean? I mean, I still hold some in. But they're very manageable. And I guess what I mean is I, I tick pretty openly and freely now. Um, the, the one that has been with me the longest has been this, the sniffle, just like that, a really hard, aggressive sniffle and I will do it. I've probably done it a thousand times a day, every day since I was 10. Mm Mm-hmm. That's probably safe to say. So permanently people are like, Oh, this guy just has allergies. It's all good. Right. Which is kind (laughs) of nice. And I actually do have allergies, but when I have allergies, it's a dramatically dramatically, sorry, different sniffle because I'm all clogged up. So it's like, it sounds, it sounds not good. Uh, But you know, that has been the one that has been the absolute longest been with me, the absolute longest. And throughout my life, it's been the, the best, you know, this, the feeling that when you're holding in ticks, mm-hmm. it's like this, uh, like a, like a pressure from your soul almost just like weighing down on you. That has been the most relieving tick. If I have a tick attack nowadays, uh, it's most likely with that or it's with heavy blinks. Yeah. And, and I will have, I will do that as many times as I need to which sometimes is five sometimes it's 50 and it'll go away or it'll feel better. Yeah. Um, but for me, it is that big sniffle in the, in the blink that have been with me since day one. and uh, they'll probably be there forever and they're the most relieving. What about you?
1: Oh, so for me, uh, I mean, so the one that I have had the longest, right. Was my, the blinking too, really heavy wincing. Um, because that's I guess what I first started noticing as a kid so that would be the one that's there the longest and similarly that's the most relieving one when I do it it just it feels good (laughs) um it's hard to explain it's you know it's almost like it's like relaxing right um but my favorite one is this uh I'm not even going to do it right now because it's uh it's a throat clearing Right. Okay. And uh, I'm like, yeah. I'm hiding, I'm holding it in right now because we're doing a podcast. And it can so be so loud, and that's the why it's my favorite because there could be a room, you know, full of people. Now I got to do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but There could be a room full of people. And I can just do it so loudly and everyone just turns and looks and it's, and it's just like, cool, yeah. you know,
0: that's, it's like you're, it's like you have something grand to yeah, say. Yeah.
1: And then it's, it's anticlimactic because all of a sudden yeah. I'm just like, no, I'll go back about your business. <laughs> but, um, <Yeah. laughs> but that's my favorite one. Um, and, uh, so what, what's your, uh, what's the, the one that you either hate the most or is the most debilitating if, if any are.
0: Okay, so I don't get this as much as I used to get it, but I used to do this with my arm and my head really really uh, aggressively almost. So it feels like I'm pulling my arm away from my shoulder and I'm trying to like pull my head all the way down. Okay. And I would do that as much as I do sniffles now. Like, um, So I would do that thousands of times a day. And I caused some permanent... I think, nerve damage in my arm. um, Because on and off, I've for years, I've had like a, a numbness or like a every now and again, in my arm and I used to feel it when I would do that tick, I would feel like a sharp nerve pain. It would make me want to do it more. Yeah, that's one thing we can touch on. One is whenever Tourette's I find at least whenever you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but whenever I feel pain, my Tourette's wants to like Confirm the pain over and over and over again with a tick. This tick right here. The tick where I am painfully causing nerve damage slowly in my arm. Um, that for me was my most my most painful tick, and the one that made me hate Tourette syndrome the most. And um, that was I was did that tick between the ages of probably 13 and, and 15 years old. So it was an end of middle school, early high school age. And it caused me a lot of, of angst and, and problems.
1: Right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's the, I think that's why people hate them. Mo- uh, the ticks that they hate for me. I had this one where, uh, you know, I, it's hard to explain. Even I would move my ears, which is, Basically, like, the muscles in the back of my neck. And, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I would do that so much yeah. that, you know, everyone would call me Dumbo and different things like that, right? And then this thing with my Damn. nose, uh, I would do. And uh, I would do that and the ear thing at the same time. <laughs> and everyone would say, uh, you know, like, they go oink, 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 and then, like, do Dumbo. It was terrible. <laughs> yeah, it wow. was aggressive uh, teasing. How old were you when that happened? Well, oh, that would have been through... Yeah, through, you know, grade three to grade five, maybe, and okay. when I when the teasing was really bad.
0: Dang. Did you ever get in any fights because of Tourette's?
1: No, no, I didn't get in any fights about it. How about you?
0: Mm. <laughs> I got into quite a few fights about my Tourette's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah that. I um. I don't. I was pretty I had a lot of anger. And I think well, that's pretty common with threats. Did you experience that? Oh yeah,
1: yeah. And I just thought, you know, I got it from my grandpa, like he has a temper, I have a temper kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Tempers. Um I had temper, a real I mean I still have a little bit of a temper, but I had like a raging temper when I was a kid. In hockey, in baseball, I was throwing bats and fighting people in hockey i mean and, i was doing
1: all that stuff too um, i didn't associate it with tourette's but now that you bring it up yeah maybe that's because i was so angry that's why it, it happened yeah
0: yeah yeah exactly that i didn't even associate it with Tourette's until later in life and then i realized that i wasn't just an anger kid and that that i mean maybe i was but anger was a, a, or like almost tantrums yeah. or almost a side effect like un- uncontrollable just anger. flipping almost out almost as a just side effect out
1: and flipping out, out for over you know something maybe so trivial trivial and then um and then just as fast as it can, comes on it, it's gone right and you calm down and, it,
0: and it's not even associated with emotion this like it doesn't it didn't feel like it was associated with with pure anger it felt like it was like a like a fit almost like a tick attack does you don't feel any different when you're doing it it's just like this thing so, I experienced a lot of that, and because of that, I got into a lot of fights for sure
1: fair enough, yeah. you know residual yeah uh, to that yeah and I mean, yeah, I guess yeah for me i was I was more passive about it, I guess w- when it was directly related to uh, my ticks and I was getting teased about it that it was it was it was really hurtful, right like I would yeah, um, generally, I thought that I was a pretty confident guy, but when that stuff happened, like it, it was hurtful. Right. And you don't know what to do because you can't stop yeah, it. Of course. Right.
0: You can't stop it. So and, and that, that just adds to that, to that loop of negative, you know, emotion where you're, you're getting bullied about it. So you're more stressed. So your Tourette's is worse. And it just goes on and on like that.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, I think that one thing, um, that I want to talk about, uh, with is, is the goal of the podcast. I know that we've, you know, we're almost at the end of the episode, but, uh, I do want to just say that we're not necessarily structuring this podcast in a certain way. We want it to just be open discussions and, uh, you know, hopefully we can, we can laugh at some things We can (laughs) can, uh, make light of some things we want to be taken seriously. But as you said at the beginning, it with your um, with what you wrote, there is some humor into it. Uh, We can find some humor in it and uh, just as much as we can find misery in it.
0: Yeah, and it's all about what you choose to how you choose to perceive it. You're not as far as I'm concerned, how I view it is that you're not a victim of Tourette's,
1: that's just the mindset of it. If you it's the mindset of yourself like one, then that's how you'll feel.
0: People will let you be the victim if you want. uh, But you just can't, you can't afford to be the victim because you're not different than anybody in the world. I mean, you are you have a little bit of a a tick or a lot of bit of a tick. And that is what it is. But I don't want to see people holding themselves back. That was a large part of me. You know, my wanting to do this podcast and, and, and wanting to talk about it with people or wanting to speak to, to people at schools and that kind of thing is because when I see people shy living shy of their potential as people because of their Tourette's that's just devastating.
1: That's the worst, and that does that's not need to part. happen. That's the worst thing to see, um, and that's and seeing parents not knowing why this is happening to their kids. You know, why is this? Why are they not um, able to reach their potential, or why do they not want to?
0: Yeah, why are they t- like? T- I'll, I'll be just a sidebar here, and and this is no this is not saying anything poorly about, about the way I was raised or anything like that. But, you know, there, there was uh, my, my father, my father, he tried to pay me to stop ticking when yeah. I was like, 11. Yeah, he tried to pay me. And, 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 you know, he probably thought I was doing it for attention. Um, and that I hold no negative um, feelings towards that nowadays. It was just ignorance is what it was. And, and you don't know what your child's doing. So I don't have a child. You have children, so you you would be a much better, um, you much better to speak to this. But I'm assuming, uh, and from what I can see, I've spoke to a lot of dads who have kids with Tourette's, um, and I think there's people at the chapter that will agree with me on this too. Um, I'm sure you will. Dads can be some of the worst to their to their kids with Tourette's because they're like, "Oh, not my son," you know. It's this a it's denial this,
1: aspect to it. For sure, Denial. and uh, and then like you said, just an ignorance to it too. If you don't know anything about Tourette's, I mean, we know what we know about it because well, we've lived it, but also because we've done extensive research on it, and you know, we've we are in this world and this community right. where we talk about it a lot, and we listen to other people's stories a lot um, and their experiences, but a lot of people that don't even know why their kid is doing that. Like we talked about earlier, you and me both had that experience where, you know, that's not going to be the first thing that a parent thinks, Oh, that's definitely something that Tourette's because of the ticks. They don't even know what that is. Right. Yeah. Because they think that they may think that it's only if your kid is swearing and, you know, flipping out Yeah, and right. And these things, that's the problem. That's why we got to normalize it a little bit. We got to destigmatize yeah. this and we got to, it's
0: going to be a household we, name. Yeah, we, I mean, for the we right just reasons. Want to
1: uh, talk about it and, and let it be <laughs> talked about. Right. So we want to have some guests on this podcast. We'll have, uh, we'll have people with experience, um, living with Tourette's. We'll have, uh, experts. Um, we'll have parents. We'll have hopefully, uh, Jill, the president of the Ottawa chapter, or the, the, uh, the, uh, she was the president of the Ottawa chapter. Um, we'll have her on the podcast, hopefully. And
0: she's like the, the OG Tourette advocate. Yeah.
1: She's been, she's been, uh, she's helped out so many people with Tourette's. And, uh,
0: I think just tying it all in too, like, you know, I, of course, I derailed you when you said that we're, what, what, what the podcast was about. But, it's it's about this it's about what we're doing which is having a a freaking normal conversation about a syndrome that's horrible and has affected you know one in a hundred people that's one uh, one of the things that we say is and it's true it's affects one in a hundred people have Tourette syndrome and
1: and that's and the problem is that if one in a hundred people have it um then we're being extremely underrepresented yeah because there's no. not that many people that come forward, no. and, and I'd say one in a hundred people
0: it. have it, and probably one in a thousand people tell people that they have it, and one in ten thousand people know, know that, that they, they have it. it, and like it's <laughs>
1: like no one yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think that uh, I think that this is this is the start to something really great here that we have that we that we're that we're doing. And um, we're just going to keep on pumping out yeah. these episodes. We'll talk about anything. So I think uh, this is a good time to let everybody know that, um, you know, th- that we do have an email address that you can reach out to um, with questions. Uh, we'll call it, uh, it's tiktokquestions at com. If you have any questions, you want us to talk about something specific on the next on the next yep. episode what's the email again just send an email it's tick tock at gmail.com okay. right so that's uh definitely uh, somewhere that anyone can write in and let us know what they think about what we're doing if they want us to and we'll put that email and we'll put that email in the,
0: in the notes too
1: absolutely if someone's offended by anything we say or they think that we're completely wrong send us a, an email yeah. and we'll read it on the show we'll Maybe talk we'll have it. them on <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah exactly we can we can we can see what bothered you about yeah. it we can we can uh we can break it down so uh i know that jimmy uh, you uh you're working on some uh, some shirts yeah. and, and stuff do you want to talk about yeah that?
0: for sure well i mean we're gonna have what's the the tagline is the cure for tourette syndrome is awareness i think that is Raising awareness is the goal of this podcast. And um, a pretty good way to raise awareness is to wear it on your shirt. And we're going to get shirts. Um, We will link those in the the description of this as well. That say, the cure for Tourette syndrome is awareness. It's going to have a big T. And it says, basically, one in 100 Canadians have Tourette syndrome. And it starts with Canadians, but it can be anybody. We could put people in the world have Tourette syndrome. One in 100 people in the world have Tourette syndrome. Um, and our message is is very simple. And we just want to get the word out there. Create a community for people with Tourette syndrome.
1: Absolutely. And so this podcast is one way that we're doing that. We also, as we mentioned, we uh, work with the Ottawa chapter of Tourette's Canada and uh, where we... Do fundraisers. We have uh, support groups, meetings. Anyone's welcome. Uh, we do those often. If you just want to check out that website, uh, that's you can go to trekcanada.ca and then so. select the Ottawa yeah. chapter. You can select the Ottawa <laughs> chapter, or hopefully this goes national, and and uh, anyone can go to that website and select a chapter that's close to them. Yeah, uh, that's a great way to get some and if you reach
0: out and if you reach out to tick Talk, which is t-i-c-t-a-l-k questions at gmail.com brandon or i will have in great detail a lengthy conversation or a phone call or a zoom call with unless like 100 people ask but regardless we're going (laughs) to answer we're gonna answer. hopefully 100 hopefully hundred people, 100 ask, people ask.
1: That's, that's the, the goal. That's the goal. So yeah, so that's that's one way that we're doing this. Uh, you know everyone, everyone in the chapter, the Ottawa chapter, they're all really great and very passionate about this. Uh, so that you know the the chapter is doing great things as well um, with the uh, all of the awareness campaigns and the you know talks at schools, the support group meetings. And those are just some of the ways that we can, that we can start to attack this stigma and, you know, get the word out there.
0: Like the cure for Tourette syndrome is awareness. And we're going to do our part. And if you're listening to this podcast, you're doing yours. Ask questions, talk about it. The absolute best thing you can do is be open, honest, and transparent with people about Tourette's syndrome.
1: We'll talk next time.
0: All right. Yep. Talk next time. Thanks.